all of these things were part of the journey and they were messy and ugly and unsexy. And I cried a lot and I wondered a lot. And I, you know, I, gosh, I mean, I'm just, I have goosebumps right now because this is what I want for other people. Do I want other people to feel like failures? Absolutely not. But I wouldn't be where I am in my career right? as a teacher. I wouldn't be, and I wouldn't be the person that I am today right. had it not been for all of that hardship before. And it turns out that a lot of my beliefs that I have now about myself as a person and myself as a teacher and teaching as a career and, um, and this profession, all of those things have shifted because I have seen so much and I've done so much and I've met so many incredible people along the way like you and, you know, so just thousands of other people. And, um, I'm just, I'm so grateful for that messy, hard journey now. Hey there, I'm Amber Harper, former burned out teacher turned teacher burnout coach, dedicated to helping other teachers like you to grow through your burnout and take your next best steps toward what you want from your career in education and in life. After an embarrassing emotional breakdown in front of my teacher besties, I knew something needed to change and that something was me. I decided that I wasn't going to settle for burnout as my sentence as a teacher, mom, wife, or friend. And I knew it was going to take way more than practicing conventional self-care to make the progress I wanted to make. No amount of manicures, bottles of wine, or bubble baths was going to save this girl. Fast forward to a few years later, and I've used everything I've learned about teacher burnout and personal development to write a book build a course, and lead a community of burned-in teachers who refuse to settle for a life of burnout as their forever reality. I've used my burnout as an opportunity to become an active participant in my life, in the classroom and here on the mic, using all that I've learned to teach kids and serve teachers. And you can do the same. The Burned In Teacher Podcast is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support to help you grow through your burnout and live a happier, more fulfilled career and life. So take a deep breath, my friend, because you're about to take your next best step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Let's dive in. Hey, what's up, Burned In Teachers? Welcome to episode 175 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. My name is Amber Harper, and I am your host and creator of all things Burned In Teacher. And yes, that's me um, at the beginning, at the intro of this episode. And I'm doing something a little different for this episode. Uh, So my good friend, Alexa Shepard, at The Afro Educator on Instagram, and you can find her at theafroeducator.com. Alexis and I met close to four years ago. And she and I have become really great friends. She's been on the podcast a couple of times. We'll go ahead and link those um, episodes in the show notes. But Alexis has had me on her podcast a couple of times as well, the Afro Educator Podcast. And she asked me to be on the podcast again because of a conversation that she and I were having on Marco Polo about our journeys and what's brought us to where we are. And she was like, I've got to bring you back on the podcast and ask you some of these questions. And so we were close to the end of the interview and I was like, man, like she really pulled a lot out of me that I don't think I could possibly explain in a solo episode. Just she's a magnificent interviewer. And so I sent her a message the next day and I was like, hey, Alexis, 
I am so grateful that you asked me these amazing questions about my very messy journey from leaving teaching twice, returning twice, and everything in between, (laughs) and before and after. I said, would you mind sharing this episode with me so I could share it with my listeners of my podcast? And she was so gracious and said yes. And so I want to say thanks, Alexis, for sharing this with me. And um, so you're going to hear me get really vulnerable about how much shame was behind all of these changes that happened, especially from the years of 2014 through 2016. And I felt like it was really important that you hear sort of what was happening backstage (laughs) while all of these changes were happening very publicly and obviously in my everyday life and the changes that were happening out in front of everybody else. I really wanted to help you to understand how hard it was on me mentally and emotionally to go through these changes and to essentially make mistakes and and fail publicly. I mean, if you've been listening to the podcast for, you know, a couple of years, you've heard me talk about the fact that I've left teaching twice and returned twice. Um, you've maybe heard about my very emotional breakdown back in 2014 that triggered me to decide to leave the school that I was in for eight years. Um, you've maybe even heard me talk about the fact that I left that teaching position to take on a role as an ex- executive director and had to close the nonprofit. You may have heard me talk about those things or talk about what happened, but not exactly how it made me feel and how all of this messiness has made me who I am today and how hard it was and all of the stories I was telling myself and all of the crying and the frustration and the what ifs and what if this and what if that. You know, there was a lot of things happening behind the scenes. Um, So I really wanted to share this with you because I don't for a second want you to think that making a transition or a change is easy or perfect or without maybe feeling like you failed a little bit. Like this one life is messy and no one has all the answers. And I just want to really encourage you to listen deeply and to let me know what you think and what stuck out to you and what resonated with you. So after you listen to this episode, I would love it if you jump into our free podcast Facebook community at facebook.com slash groups slash burned in teacher and let me know what you think. Let's start a conversation about your messy journey or your fears about a messy journey because that's essentially what it is. Nothing's perfect and nobody is going to make changes without a little bit of challenges, without some roadblocks or some speed bumps. And I know they're hard, but I just want you to, I just want to reiterate again that I've been there and you're not alone. So let's dive into this interview with Alexis and I can't wait for you to hear about all the messiness that I've been through on this journey. Hey, Amber, thank you so much for coming back onto the show. You know, I look up to you so much. We are friends, but I also see you as a mentor, not that you're, you know, that old, um, but I just admire so much. So much what you do and what you have done for me and being such an instrumental part of my journey. So thank you for finding time to spend with me tonight. Oh, it was so easy to spend time with you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's 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 been a long time since we got to actually speak face-to-face like live. Yeah. I see you almost every day on Marco Polo, but it's really nice to get this one-to-one time with you. Exactly. Um, And if y'all don't use Marco Polo, I highly recommend it. It allows you to have asynchronous video conversations with your friends. And it has been the primary way that Amber and I have been connected for 
like three or four years at this point. Mm -hmm. We've actually never met in person, but we are BFFs. We are determined that this is going to happen. I have a goal of this year meeting in person. I think the world might legitimately explode when it happens. Um, But we just... We just see so eye to eye on so many things and I think help to sharpen one another in our journeys. And so I invited Amber on the show back when I first started the podcast to talk about self-care and trendy self-care versus real self-care and what that means. And at that point, Amber was actually at a different stage in her own journey than she is now. And so I invited her back onto the podcast because she is one of those rare unicorns, at least in my space, where she has... Uh, left teaching not once, but twice, uh, and has gone back twice as well, and is currently teaching. And so I thought, what a great way to bring in the the K-12 educator teacher piece, but also to talk about the larger aspect of the journey and doing what's right for you in that particular season. And so um, Amber, we'll just go ahead and get straight into it. And for the folks who uh, maybe don't follow you or haven't heard your story, just give us a synopsis of how you got to where you are now. Yeah, thank you so much for asking. So right now I teach kindergarten. I'm in, I'm a year and a half in of of teaching kindergarten for the first time in my life, but I actually started teaching back in uh, 2007 with my very first classroom in first grade, different district, different school as Alexis has already already alluded to. And um, yeah, I, I have ridden the roller coaster burnout over and over again. And I have made a lot of changes in my career, um, that we can, that we'll get into during this interview. Um, but you know, as we've talked about so many times, Alexis teaching, a teacher is not who I am. It's what I do. Um, so I, um, I am married to my high school sweetheart. We've been married for, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going to like blank out. How long have we been married? We've been together since (laughs) 1999, uh, got married in 2004. So 19 years, almost we've been married and, um, we have two beautiful girls, a 21 year old, who's a college student at IU Bloomington and a 14 year old who obviously still lives home with us. And, um, we're just, we really are living the dream. My husband's a principal in the same district. We enjoy actually the reason I was late for this interview is we were just finishing up a walk. Um, we love being active. We love hiking. We love traveling national parks, all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, I, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. I love what I do with burn in teacher. And, um, I feel like all of that contributes to how content I am now for the first time ever in my career with teaching in addition to all of that. Wow. So you talk about being content in your journey with teaching and certainly your uh, time as a teacher has been a journey because you've been Mm -hmm. teaching for, is this technically year 14? Yes. Um, But all 14 of those years have not been continuous. There have been some breaks in there. So Mm -hmm. um, let's dive into those breaks, um, especially this this most recent one, because you have relatively recently returned to the classroom within the past couple of years. So can you share a little bit about sort of your decision to leave the first time, um, you know, what you did after that, and then your decision to leave the second time and how now you are back and loving it? <laughs> yeah, and I think that you can probably hear the full journey. I probably laid it out in the first um the first time I was on your show. Um, so I'll just kind of give you a synopsis of of what it looked like um for me to leave twice and return twice. So the first time I left was in uh winter of 2014 into 2015. I did leave mid-year. Um, I left especially be- 
in, in that instance, because I had a really embarrassing emotional and mental breakdown in front of my teacher friends um, earlier that fall. And I knew that something had to change. And I, I at that point realized that I was the one who needed to change and I needed to change my environment, which as you know, Alexis are the two things, one, if not both that have to change when you're, when you're struggling with burnout. And, um, I had ridden the roller coaster for so many years and it just all kind of came to a head in October of 2014. And I started to look for jobs, um, look for different jobs after that. And, um, our educate, we had an educational nonprofit in our community that was hiring an executive director. The one that was in that current role was retiring. And I was like, that's awesome. It's an educational nonprofit. I'll still get to work in the schools and I get to be the leader and I get to do new things. And this is going to be so exciting. And for a hot minute, it was, it was exciting. Uh, so I left in uh, December um, as, as winter break was starting. And then I started this new role in the beginning of January, 2015. And unfortunately, uh, fortunately, fortunately, I was really good at it. Um, and I found a real knack for business, um, which I never knew that I would have. And, um, unfortunately what I noticed about, I don't know, a month, month and a half in is that they were in severe financial trouble and they had lost a lot of funding, but they kept on running the business like everything was still the same. And it wasn't. And I was I was there six months, long enough to close it. So um, before you hit record, you you asked if there was shame involved at all. So I'll get into that in a little bit. But um, so as I closed it um, at the end of July 2015 and uh, took on a role as a teacher, because at that point in my mind, I was saying, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I don't even know. I I tried. I tried and I failed. I tried and I failed to do something else. So I'm just going to go back to the classroom. So different district, different grade level. I was teaching third grade when I left and I went to first grade in this new district. Coincidentally, the same district I'm working in now. I left <laughs> this district and they, yes, they hired me back. And <laughs> so, um, so I returned to the classroom in um, fall of 2015 and um, the first few months were great. And I had just decided I'm just going to put blinders on. I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do. And I'm just going to go to work and leave. And um, unfortunately, it, that's not how it worked. And I ended up totally burned out again, um, totally frustrated with my situation in this specific school. And um, I uh, I was lucky enough in the spring of 2016 to go to a Google conference um, here in Indiana, they used to have the Google Summit. So this district that I that I work in now and that I worked in then, um, they were very, um, they had a, a very big technology initiative. Um, they're one-to-one. They've been one-to-one for a very long time, K through 12. So I went to this Google Summit in uh, spring of 2016 and was just totally inspired to become a Google trainer, Google certified educator. Well, flip those, educator and then trainer. And then I had also heard about this innovator thing, which I didn't know what the heck that was, but sounded cool. So I just, on our way back from this conference, I was like, I'm going to get Google certified. I want to be that person with those badges standing in these breakout sessions. I'd never led a breakout session in my life. And I want to inspire teachers the way that I felt inspired. Mm -hmm. So on the way home, I woke up from a, a quick nap and burned in teacher was in my head. And I thought that because I was feeling 180 degrees differently from the way I was feeling on the way down. Like I was totally burned out, totally didn't want to go. And now it was like, I couldn't wait to get to school the next day. And to me, I had been to many conferences and I had never really felt that 
excitement or that motivation as I did in this particular one. So within six months, I was um, Google level one certified. And by the end of the next year, I was level two certified and trainer. I was a Google trainer. So I worked my butt off. And that's where I really learned the power of like finding something outside of teaching that Uh can ignite you and how it reinvigorates your love for teaching. Uh So I also, in addition, within that year, I started blogging. I bought the domain of Burned In Teacher. I used Google Blog because I was using all of the Google tools to, (laughs) uh, so I could get really good at them and teach them and um, started telling my story, started um, stopping the shame. You know, I started opening conversations that I was always so afraid to have Mm. because I was really ashamed of my story. Um, And that is totally different now. I'm an open book when it comes to my story of burnout, but Um, so then I started leading Google trainings, um, in 2017 and became a Google certified innovator, um, where I took burn in teacher as my project. And I started leading these trainings for schools and and districts, and especially at our educational nonprofit in the, in the city that we live in now. And I started having to say no to a lot of opportunities to, to help schools and districts with, um, Google integration. And so in summer of, I'm sorry, in spring of 2018, I told Jeff, I said, instead of saying no to these opportunities and saying yes to teaching, I said, I think I'm going to say yes to these opportunities. Uh And so we talked about it. We, you know, talked about a lot of stuff for a while and figured, you know what, I already have some things on the books that I could say yes to. So Uh why not? You know? Um, So I left, um, not because of burnout this time, not because of a breakdown, but because I really wanted to see what I could do with burned in teacher. And so I left in 2018 did Google training, um, wrote bur- hacking teacher burnout, you know, built my course, built my uh, website up to what it is now, built my community. And just, I, I used every single minute of working from home. Of course, we had the pandemic during that time as well. Um, and then even before the pandemic hit, I had an itch. Like I, I'm an extrovert. Like, you know, me so well, yeah. Alexis, I love being connected. I love working with people. Mm-hmm. I love being up and around and busy. And, you know, like I, when I was in college, I was a server at Texas Roadhouse and it is still my favorite job to this day. Okay, like, first of all, how did I not, how, okay, y'all, this is an exclusive because I have been <laughs> friends with this woman for four years and I never knew this. So please do continue. <laughs> there. <laughs> I just love like being up and around and greeting people and, oh, how can I help you with this? Yes. Let me get that for you. I can carry three glasses of anything in one hand. Like (laughs) I'm very proud of that, but I just, I just love the interaction and just the, you know, bop, 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 bop from here and there. And that's what I love about teaching. And I really miss that. Like at first, you know, working from home sounded really sexy and really cool. And, oh, I can, you know, go work from Panera bread and, you know, that kind of stuff. But in the end, I was like, I'm sitting all day and this is Mm -hmm. not this is not what I thought it would be. You know, the grass was not as green as I thought it would be. Now I love the work, but I didn't love working alone. Right. And it was me and Oliver, you know, he was here. I called him my sidekick, my partner in crime, but, um, you know, a dog is not a team of teachers. A a dog is not a classroom full of students. And, um, so I really kind of started to explore the, the, the IDOE job board, of course, that was growing more, <laughs> growing. The list of teaching opportunities was growing by, you know, hundreds of teachers a day and maybe not that many, but so I told Jeff in spring of 2021, I said, I think I'm going to apply for this kindergarten job mm-hmm. in the district 
because Jeff had been the previous principal there and I knew a lot of the teachers. I knew the current principal. I really got along with her wonderfully. And he was like, I, are you sure? Like you want to do both? And I was like, yeah, I think I do. And I applied, I got the interview, I got the job and I have never looked back. I've not regretted it once. It has been the best decision that I've ever made career-wise. And so much of what you said, just as I'm listening, because a lot of this stuff, of course, right, I already know because we're talking about this in real time, but hearing it back in this synopsis kind of form just really, to me, highlights your willingness and courage to take on the process. And I think that's one of the things about you and your journey that inspires me the most because I am very much a results-oriented type of personality. Like I always share that I have done a lot of DIY. I mean, I have maybe seven or eight um, of our big furniture pieces in our home are DIY, right? Like I post them on They're Instagram. beautiful. You are so good at it. You are so talented. <laughs> But I have this love-hate relationship with it because I'm only going through the process because I have a very clear idea of what I want this end result to be. And I know either through research or just by a gut feeling that I'm not going to get what I want unless I do it myself. So the whole time I'm there like sanding and doing all of the things. And what's funny is that over the years, the process has evolved. So I kind of started trying to you know, I started the DIY journey, trying to cut corners, do things as quickly and as cheaply as possible. And through the process, you learn to take your time, use different grits of sandpaper because they have different tasks, et cetera. But I have always been very resistant to the process and the discomfort of the process. And I think that's where you sharpen me is that like through your story, it's so evident that you are not afraid to pivot and do what feels right for you based on the season that you're in at that time. I also love that your story, especially your the pieces about leaving teaching, aren't about I hated it or you weren't even burned out both times. You just were in some different seasons where you wanted to be able to give different answers to opportunities. You wanted to be able to go all in with burned in teacher, or you knew you had the self-awareness that you needed to change your environment. And so that piece sticks out to me too. And it makes me sort of correlate this idea of self-care as the process. And I feel like those are almost two juxtaposing ideas because The process is often uncomfortable and messy. And I think a lot of the messaging that's out there about self-care and wellness and mindfulness seems very aesthetic, right? It seems very pleasing and like comforting. Right, exactly. And your story definitely isn't that. And the fact that you stick with what feels right for you is, I think, unique and awe-inspiring and is the primary reason that I wanted to have you back onto the show because I think sometimes we get caught up in these limiting beliefs that once we pick something, we got to stay in that lane for a little while, even if we don't feel like it, because there are these messages that we receive that say, well, just hang in there. And I think there's a time and place for those messages, but I think we have to be careful about how we communicate them. Absolutely. So it was interesting as you were like describing my journey. I'm like, you basically just laid out exactly what burned in teacher is (laughs) because that's what I'm trying to get other teachers to understand is that we don't have to have all of the answers. And I want to say we can, you know, 
sometimes just go with our, go with our gut or follow our heart. Um, sometimes that, you know, that can be dangerous sometimes like do it with some, you know, guided flexibility and some, um, careful risk-taking, mm-hmm. you know, constructive risk-taking and it is messy. And I was, I'm not going to lie. There was shame involved when I, I mean, from me leaving mid-year, I was ashamed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very close with the families that I was working with and the kids, like we had a wonderful community built up in our classroom and my, my desire to leave had nothing to do with them. And I was ashamed and embarrassed for leaving, but I knew that I, I needed to do it at that point, at that season of my life. I was extremely ashamed and embarrassed whenever I had to close the nonprofit mm. because it looked like it was my fault. And I failed very publicly. It was in the newspaper. My picture was on the front page of the newspaper as the face of this nonprofit that was closing six months after I had taken on this role. Wow. That was just mortifying. And then I was ashamed because I'm like, I'm not going to apply to go back to that district that I left. No way. I'm not going to do that. I will apply at this district over here. Same county, just different district. And I was so ashamed to even show my face there because they knew. They -hmm. knew. We all get the same newspaper. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that, um, that was really hard. And so not only did I go back into the classroom in 2015, like with the shame of failing publicly, I was ashamed that I had tried something different. Mm. And at that time felt like I failed. Wow. And that it was like set in stone that Amber, you, and I, I try to say this very carefully because I do not feel the way that this sounds, but you are destined to just be a teacher. That is all that's in the cards for you. And Right now, I am so content with quote mm-hmm. unquote just being a teacher. I right. think I I think I've got it made. Um, but my my reason for saying that is I just get I felt like okay, Moana came out in like what 2019, 2018, yeah, something like that. <laughs> I felt like that movie was made for me because I was just like, I just want to see how far I can go. Like yeah. I just want to. I want to push myself to see all of the things that I'm capable of. And I just tried and failed so hard, Mm. but I'm not ready to just see if I just felt like I was being called to do something. I don't want to say instead of teaching, but I was being called to do something with my story, like with what I had gone through. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that everything that happened from me leaving mid-year to me, you know, closing that nonprofit to me, taking on this new role in this district, I never would have gone to that Google conference, mm-hmm. Alexis, mm-hmm. had I not taken these risks mm-hmm. and fallen on my face. Right. All of these things were part of the journey and they were messy and ugly and unsexy. And I cried a lot and I wondered a lot. And I, you know, I, gosh, I mean, I'm just, I have goosebumps right now because this is what I want for other people. Do I want other people to feel like failures? Absolutely not. But I wouldn't be where I am in my career right. as a teacher. I wouldn't be, and I wouldn't be the person that I am today right. had it not been for all of that hardship before. And it turns out that a lot of my beliefs that I have now about myself as a person and myself as a teacher and teaching as a career and, um, and this profession 
all of those things have shifted because I have seen so much and I've done so much and I've met so many incredible people along the way, like you and, you know, so just thousands of other people. And, um, I'm just, I'm so grateful for that messy, hard journey now. And I, I want to show other teachers, maybe not even just teachers, but other, I want to show everybody that this one life is messy. It doesn't have to be linear. It doesn't have to be super well-planned. Like, again, we want to be responsible, right? Mm-hmm. But we also don't want to, you know, put a cap on our abilities yeah. to see how far we can go and to see what, what our, you know, what our life's work really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you speak, I hear, and I think about the way that this is coming together for me is there is a level of confidence and clarity that you have from having gone through the process that allows you to show up the way that you show up now because you did stretch yourself in that way that you were mm-hmm. feeling called to stretch yourself. And even though you failed coming out of that, like even though there was you know, shame and embarrassment around that incident at that time, being on the other side of that now, you have this confidence of knowing that I can get through that and there still be positive impact on the other side. And that still not affect my ability to have the kind of impact that I have as Amber Harper, as the burned in teacher, as um, you know, a teacher for my students, et cetera. And then there's also this level of clarity that you have about what you're doing now as well and that it is right for you and then the confidence even in that. So there's so much that comes from the messiness of the process that is like, I'm very much in a season myself of really learning to lean into the process and to embrace that. And so it just is very affirming um, and reassuring in a lot of ways to be connected with someone who, I mean, obviously we're always in the process, but to kind of have been there through so many points of your own process since, you know, we've been friends and just this, you know, short three or four year time frame, um, okay. is, is really helpful because you feel like you're not alone and you're also almost given permission, not that you need it. Um, but it's always nice to know that, you can make it through this because I have been through this before and it's messy and it's hard, but there is something that comes from that. And I feel like so many of us struggle with limiting beliefs that keep us boxed in, whether it's to teaching, not that, and and I kind of feel like you here, not that I'm saying that it's bad to want to continue to teach, but I do think that there's something to be said for feeling confident that you could leave that classroom and do anything if you felt so led or that you could step back into that classroom as, you know, the next best version of yourself for you and your students. Right. And that's what I tell a lot of teachers that I work with is that, you know, this is, this is a season, number one, this hardship is not forever. It's not. And what, what we can do from this is not be toxically positive and say, you know, we're going to get through this together. And, you know, this is going to make you a stronger person in the moment when you're at that rock bottom moment, you don't feel like you have any power. You don't feel like you have any strength to pull through. So what I can say instead is during these hard seasons is listen, I see you. I have been there. I have no guarantee that I won't be there again. But I, I, what I can say is that I I'm here to listen and I understand maybe not your specific situation, but I understand what it's like to feel powerless. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be that model of 
hope, you know, oh. that there is hope. So whether yeah. it's, you know, whether it is that you right now leaving teaching is the best decision for you, that's okay. It doesn't have to be that you leave the classroom forever, you know, or if, you know, it, and it's okay if you just want to love teaching second grade again, if that's your goal here, awesome. Like, let's work through that together. Let's, let's see what we can do because you can, mm-hmm. you can love teaching that grade level or, you know, any number of changes between, you know, just loving teaching the grade level you're in or leaving the profession. There are so many options and you don't have to remain where you are. Like I'm proof of it. I have left twice. I have returned twice. Mm-hmm. I've taught in different districts under different leadership, different buildings in the district. I, you know, there are so many lessons to be learned through a messy journey. And one of my favorite quotes is if you don't, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. And for so long, I was fighting against the challenge rather than embracing it and thinking about how it was changing me. And who's to say, like, if I was the person with the beliefs that I have now and the confidence that I have now, who's to say I wouldn't go back to that first district and be fine and have a blast. Who's to say? I don't know. But I know that there's been a lot of changes that have happened, you know, over the last, goodness, now seven years, eight years that um, I, I I don't know if I would have seen had I not gone through that ugliness and that, hard, that hardship. So that makes me think, and this is a, this is a big question, so... <laughs> I'm not expecting you to have the end all be all answer, but you know, the thing that I think of is, so how do you start to embrace the process? How do you start to, I don't want to say lean in, but how do you start to develop some acceptance around the messiness of what that looks like, especially when there's I think social media exacerbates some of that because so often we don't see the process. I think there's a little bit more of a trend now towards people being more transparent and authentic. But in general, you see these, you know, curated spaces and these folks who are are curating an image of their lifestyle and of their process. So with all of that in mind, and you can kind of talk about it from your perspective or just your opinion in general, but how do you start to become okay with the messiness of the process? Mm -hmm. So I can't talk about that. I can't answer that question without talking about my own process, you know, that I walk teachers through in my book and in my course. And that is to number one, begin where you are, like embrace the idea and maybe the reality that you are where you are, like stop fighting it, like just like lean into it, accept it. Because that's something that I refused to do for so long. I was like, nope, can't admit it. Blinders on, blinders on, keep going, keep putting on a happy face. And it was, it was that reality of that breakdown that I had in, in 2014 that was like, you're not, you're not okay. And not only are you figuring this out for yourself right now, you're figuring it out in front of everybody. <laughs> so I think just ad- ad- admitting it, that was actually one of my first blog posts I ever wrote was just admit it. Just say, I am, I'm burned out. I'm hurting. I'm struggling. And what can I do about it? Like, what is my responsibility Yeah. next? Because burnout's not your fault. 
but it is your responsibility and no one else is going to come in and save you. And that's what I kept waiting on. I kept waiting for a different principal. I kept on waiting for a different assistant principal. I kept on waiting for policies to change or our superintendent to make a difference. Like I kept waiting and waiting and blaming and victimizing all of that toxic BS that just kept dragging me down further into the depths of burnout. But instead I could have been saying, all right, I am burned the F out. So what's my next move? Mm-hmm. What can I do differently? Right. What do I need to learn? What do I need to explore? Mm-hmm. You know, because at that point, I really was ready to explore different careers or different jobs within different buildings. I just wanted to get out, but I did not process it in a, in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. So my next step would then be thinking about, okay, how long have I been feeling this way? Is this Is this just a quick season? Is this something that I just been dealing with this year, you know, um, is it a change in administration? Is it, um, is it curriculum that's changed? Have I changed grade levels? You know, have I had a new baby? You know, what, what is it that is, that is keeping me stuck in, in this, in this place? And how long has this been going on? What's triggering me? Um, and one reason that that's healthy is because it kind of helps you to kind of backtrack and reflect. And that's something we don't take enough time to do mm-hmm. because we're going, 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 doing, doing, doing all the time. Yeah. And that was certainly not something that I was doing. I was focused on the misery of now instead of really thinking about like, wow, when when did this really start to get extremely hard for me? And I think that in itself helps you embrace the messiness because it's it's helping you to kind of unpack where that messiness started, Uh because then you can kind of think about, you know, well, when was I, when was I happy? Uh When was I happy in this role? Uh When was I feeling content? And for me, really never in that school that I was in, there was always some sort of turmoil or some sort of drama that was happening. I mean, I'm, and you know, my, my story from my very first year teaching there that, I was in a terribly toxic team. And so there was never any time during that whole eight years of my first, my first eight years of teaching where I felt like things are good now. I'm good. There was always something. So it turns out I really did need to leave that environment. And I just, I wish I would have seen all the signs, Mm -hmm. you know, but at that point I was so in it that I didn't see the forest through the trees and it really was not a good place for me, but I kept fighting to stay there because it was so close to my house and it was, you know, my family lives here. And, um, I had all these excuses to stay where I was and all these excuses to stay stuck. Right. And it's, it's that classic, you know, the, the pain of, of not changing becomes greater than the pain of, of the change. And I think 100% because there is, I, I can see where that res- resistance would come from in you. And I recognize that in me, the resistance to the process comes from the fact that you know that there's going to be um, difficulty in the mess, right? Like, you know, that there's going to be struggle in that and you're trying to almost avoid dealing with that. But right, I do because change is so hard. Exactly. And I, I think that there comes a point, though, where you are so ready for whatever that next thing is that you are willing to go through the process in order to, you know, get to that result of whatever that change is on the other side. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of that is in, like you talk about taking accountability for your 
I don't want to say your role in burnout, but like you said, your burnout is not necessarily your fault, but it is your responsibility. And I do also think that there is a level of accountability that we have to take as individuals and exacerbating that as well, because there are some sort of mindset shifts and limiting beliefs or narratives that we tell ourselves that perpetuate those burnout cycles where it's like you're saying, I'm just in this miserable position. I'm just going to continue to be miserable. And that's what it is until you get to a point where you are willing to look yourself in the mirror and say, I don't have, something has to be different. I don't want to keep struggling and struggling with telling myself this same narrative, something has got to be different. And then that leads me to the piece that you're talking about, which I think just boils down to mindfulness and awareness is having this deep knowing of self that allows you to act in a way that serves you. Yes. And I've had that conversation with myself twice, if not more. And one of those times was in 2014, after I had that breakdown, I was like, I can't keep doing this. Jeff was so tired of me crying. He was so tired of me complaining and venting. He, and I don't blame him. I was tired of it too, but there didn't seem to be any other way of being in my mind. Like I'm just miserable. So here, here I am, you know, (laughs) it is what it is. Um, until I had, you know, that breakdown, that was, that was who I was. I just vented and complained and blamed and victimized. And after I had that breakdown, I was like, I, I have to do something different. I cannot keep living like this. And that's when I made that decision to find a job and leave. And then I had that same conversation with myself, um, after I had started at the other, at the, at the district that I am now, but that second time, I'm sorry, the, the first time of leaving and returning, Um, there was a situation after my first year of being there where I was like, like, I'm right back where I was before, like different district, different school, different leader, different team. And here I am again, complaining, venting, victimizing you, you essentially Amber in this scenario, you are part of the problem. Like I had skin in the game here. Uh So that was really where, you know, this was right before I went to this, um, went to this conference or maybe even a little after when I was, I'd started, it was, it was after I had started blogging. I was like, wow, there's a lot more to unpack here. And really this was about the time that burned in wasn't just the name of my blog. It was a, it turned into a process. And the second step is understand your teacher brand. And that was where Miss Amber had to do a lot of Uh self-awareness checking. I, that was where I really needed to raise my self-awareness and I had to do so much thought catching and so much reflecting and so much paying attention to the things that I was thinking and saying, because really that was destroying me. Right. And it was destroying my career. It was destroying my love of what I did. And that's hard that like, that's really hard Mm -hmm. to change your, your beliefs and your habits around what you think and say every day. Right. Um, so that's why I say the process is um, is simple, but it's not easy because it really is a lot of internal work before we can even get to the external changes that need to happen. Ooh, and you know what? I cannot wait to turn what you just said into an Instagram post because I don't I don't know if you caught it, but you said the process is simple but not easy. Mm-hmm. I just I just feel like I need to sit with that (laughs) Um, and swirl that around a little bit because I think that's so poignant and I think that's a perfect place to end our conversation and for me to express my deepest gratitude for you spending time with us today. We have 
been trying to schedule this interview, y'all, for like the past three months. This interview has been rescheduled multiple times. I was sick. She was sick. You know, we're both uh, busy women out here, um, you know, trying to to serve and help people experience more joy and to embrace the process as well. Like I always tell all of my fabulous guests, I these sessions and kind of what I'm doing is as much for other people as it is for me too. And um, just the reflection that it prompts for me and how it helps me in my own process. So thank you so much, Amber. Can you go ahead and share where people can find you? How can they keep up with you? Yeah, you can find me on all social media outlets at Burned In Teacher, all one word. Um, you can go to burnedinteacher.com and learn more about me, learn more about how I can help you or your school. And um, of course, you can email me, support at burnedinteacher.com. I love getting emails from teachers. I answer my own emails, so and I answer all of them. So uh, reach out because a lot of people, you know, they're they're afraid to have the conversation with people that know them in 3D and know them, you know, in their everyday lives. And um, for me, I, I get a lot of long emails sometimes. Um, they just, they just dump everything and it just, it, it feels really good to just get it all out there. So I'm here for you. And so is Alexis. <laughs> Y'all Amber, Amber is a real one and you definitely won't regret following her and all of the amazing things that she has going on. So we hope that y'all have enjoyed this episode, that you feel inspired to embrace the process and we'll catch you in another episode soon. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on.